Welcome to the Fatty Zimoski Podcast. I'm Andy, joined by phone. I have Vance. Good evening. Good evening. We have Todd Young. Good evening. Good evening. Perfect. All right. The snow's flying. It feels more like February right now. Do, do you guys ever yeah. remember a, a November that just hits so hard and it just seems to be staying? Yeah, not. I mean, how often do we get to, I know we're going to get into this later, but how often do we get to hunt like the first day of like gun season with snow? Or the last week of every, archery. <laughs> yeah, it happens once every five, six years and we're, we're three weeks away yet. And it's, there's been snow on the ground here for quite a few days now <laughs> and not just a little bit. It, it'll I've already be... shoveled. I've already shoveled snow here. Yeah. Yeah. We've, plowed the the shop's parking lot and stuff like yeah. that yeah yeah it's early yeah it's it's great and i'm curious i have a feeling it's going to warm right back up once it gets through yeah. this little whatever it's doing but um anyways that's our little small chit chat for this yeah. this podcast uh hey but we'll, i you know i look at it as we'll be ready for it now you know when it comes Yes, when it's here to stay, when hopefully all these... Stay, it won't be that big of a deal, yeah. There's already some salt on the roads. Already had a lot of accidents. Oh my gosh, I got to write down a note yeah. right now because this weather literally falls right into one of the stories that I'm going to be telling today. Um, yeah. I'm writing something down. Yeah. And usually that doesn't happen quite this early. So my daughter got off the bus yesterday like 45 minutes late. They were sliding around, yeah. That usually does not happen in, no. what, what is it, November 15th, 14th? Something like that. It's it's sliding into Something mid-November. Like yeah. But, yep. yeah, it's it's crazy, but it does it does play in, especially with this last last little kick-in that we got a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, hammer through these plugs. Podcast brought to you by Fatty Z Muskie Products. FattyZMuskie.com is our website. You can find the rod holders on our store. Uh, you can find contact information there if you have any questions about rod holders, boat setups, anything like that related. And you will more than likely be talking to me about any of those questions. So um, I have no problem answering messages on Facebook, emails, text, phone calls. It's all good. However... I do ask if you are reaching out to me, especially through text message, giving me a name would be really helpful because I just see a whole bunch of different numbers every day. It's sometimes hard to get them straight and I got to blow out my text messages every once in a while. And then someone's like, don't you know, it's me. It just helps me out. Please introduce yourself. Um, aside from that, um, the baits will be found at team Rhino outdoors and muskie tackle online and we will be kicking it up in high gear here hopefully in the next week. We'll get some stuff sorted out here. I'm going to start uh, hitting the paint booth hard, and we'll be getting baits ready for winter slash show season. Um, but aside from that, that's what's up with Fatty Z Muskie products. How's Muddy Creek? Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishingguides.com. been getting calls Lots for next year already. 2020 books are starting to fill. Vance and I will be ready to go. We'll be fishing last Saturday in May, which this year, I think we're going to get two days in May to fish, uh, May 30 and 31. But we'll be fishing from then till you know, up through November. Vance is, uh, I believe, ready to go. He, he'll still take you out right now. 
uh, yeah, like immediately left in the season. No, nope. he'd go tomorrow. I think I don't know. <laughs> but, yep, yep, he's ready. So uh, get a hold of him. He he'll still get you out there and put you on the water here or break through some ice. However, whatever you have to do. But uh, how late's the season go to? End of end of November. So you got another couple of weeks. Got two more weeks. Yeah. Yep. Yep. What was the water temp, Vance? Thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. That's well below the threshold of double nicks. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I bet you you have that uh, that bimini up right now. Bimini heater. The works. It's very cozy in the cab. I would. There was a. Uh, there was a giant snowstorm that came the other day. We launched in about eight inches of snow. Um, got the cover off the boat and everything like that. It was frozen solid. Um, but we got out there and got some time on the water and were rewarded with a uh, Chautauqua special. And uh, it was. Uh, it ended up being an okay day. So, uh, nice. but November is supposed to warm up towards the end here. Um, and by warm up, I mean it's going to be consistently in the in the forties of a, as a high. Um, so that's fishable, especially if you have a bimini and a buddy heater in there. Um, you know, and we can also cast too if you'd like. Um, but I've been getting fish trolling uh, late in this season, which is kind of a uh, kind of something we're not too used to. But we'll ride that bite until. The law says we cannot do that any longer. Um, so if you do want to go out, get a hold of me. I have some week weekdays open. Um, we'll get you out there and get you on some fish. If you do come out, we'll be going out in a Ranger boat. Big shout out to Ranger Boats for sponsoring this show and Muddy Creek Fishing Guides. Uh, you can find your Ranger boats at Big Sports Center in Kent, Ohio. Um, check them out for all your boating needs. They do Starcraft and Star Welds as well. They also have a used inventory and um, you know, winterization, anything like that. Check them out. They have a brand new service center. Um, fishermen, check them out. St. Croix Rods, best on earth. Uh, mostly made in the USA. I broke three this year, replaced them in a week. Great warranty. None of the ones that broke however, were the, the new trolling series. I was I was happy, very pleased with those. Um, the Mojo Muskie trolling series for people um, who do a little bit of both, trolling and casting. Um, check them out. Also check out Baker Bates. Big shout out to him for sponsoring Muddy Creek in this show. Um, we have 36 special color baits uh, for this upcoming show season um, that we'll have at our booth only. Um, so we'll just, you know, stay connected to this podcast on for the upcoming shows to see how you can get a hold of those. Um, of course, everybody knows those are sought after. Um, so, but get there early. Uh, Show Zach some support, some love. Those baits are killer. So uh, that's pretty much it on my end for plugs. Talked enough. 
<laughs> Todd, what's your opinion of Muskie's Inc.? Muskie's Inc., I think it's a great organization that everybody into muskie fishing should be involved with their local Muskie Inc. chapter. Check out uh, the area you live in. You ought to be able to find a chapter that's local. If you can't, you can ju- you can sign up and be non-affiliated, but uh, I think it's just really important to get involved in your local Muskie Inc. chapters. Chapters do a lot for the fishery. They're doing a lot with the stocking programs. The, every chapter is going to do as, as much as that chapter wants to get involved, so if you're, if you're interested, get involved, get involved in your local chapter and uh, lots of stuff can get done. You know, we've had our club has changed things around in Pennsylvania immensely, you know, dr- like drastically, you know, and talking to get the, we used to have two fish a day, 30 in size limits. That's been raised. And I know a lot of that came from the, from the club. We are now have an open, open season year round of fish. We used to not be able to do that. It was always closed for a few months over the winter. Uh, uh, yeah, just, you know, get involved. We, 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 we our, our club does minnow fund fundraisers. They, they're, they're helping to helping the fisheries to feed these, feed the fish. They're, they're now they're keeping some of these fish in Pennsylvania over till the next year. And I think it's really making a big difference in Pennsylvania muskie fishing, you know, by stocking these fish the following spring, we've had, Lots of guests on talking about it and uh, really important to get involved in your local chapter. So it's the least we can do as muskie fishermen. Cost of a bait will get you a membership for a year. Let's just talk about this Arctic blast that came through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it made me, before we get into the hunting topic, mm-hmm. and yeah, kudos to Muskie Zinc. You've done enough there. Um, I think it was like in the teens when I woke up that morning and it dumped about eight inches, eight to 10 inches of snow mm-hmm. wherever you were. And I guess this, this storm came across pretty much the whole Great Lakes system. And then it just put on like this screeching halt and areas like Edinburgh and, uh, Northeast and Chautauqua Lake um, started getting snow, pretty heavy snow. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way they like to do it is here, I think they just they'll treat it a little bit, but they'll let that that storm just fall down, and they'll take care of it the next day style. Um, so it took me about two hours to get the boat ready. Uh, to scrape everything off, undo the truck, and then drive safely, if that's even a thing, um, in all that snow over this ramp. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of, like, things that go through your head at that point. You don't know what the ramp shape is going to be in. Uh, I had a shovel um, and, you know, a bag of some sand and some salt, uh, just in case I needed some traction. Um, but surprisingly, the ramp was very nice. And I think that was because it was state owned. Um, they got down there and they plowed it very fast. And they even plowed a little area out where I could just back in and launch. It was unbelievable. Like they just didn't push all the snow up to the lake. They actually made like a perfect launching lane. Um, 
And uh, I found that kind of neat because, I mean, we fished in snow before, but like I've never really gone out and where, you know, you start at 10 inches and they say that, you know, you're going to get up to, you know, maybe another eight for the day. Um, usually a lot smarter than that, but uh, we were already too far in and, and ready to go. So when I hit the water like that and the water temperature so uh, low, and for for this example, it was 38 degrees. So I think these fish are really, really um, raring to go. Not no. at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. like, uh, it's, it's really yeah. yeah. And and the way that I'm gonna attack them is cast or troll. Now casting was a, it's just a horrible day to cast because it was just you know bitter freezing. It was wind was howling northwest at like 15 to 20 something like that um and just every if if you spit water it would freeze you know it was that cold with the with the air and stuff um so that's why you know so i'm gonna troll and i'm already behind the eight ball um, because I know that these fish are very lethargic at this point. And that's why pe- the majority of the industry, in my opinion, right now are getting them on suckers. Um, mm-hmm. So I am trolling and I feel like I'm just out here going through the motions, the motions, the motions. But you always think, you know, yeah, maybe I'll get I'll run into some dumb luck and I'll have a nice fishing story. Um, the thing that was happening is the fish were hitting and it was so light. It was not a summer hit. Like zzz. it wasn't a pre-fall hit. It was, didn't even feel like a musky hit. It was like a, just like a uh, uh, stuff like that, you know, and that, that's yeah. where, you know, not much pulls the drag, you know, except if it's a musky and it gets me to, to wonder how tight should I be setting my drag in these situations where it's like 38 degrees, almost getting near freezing. And furthermore, what I noticed when I was fighting these fish, when I was fighting the fish, I wasn't fighting any fish. When I was observing the client fighting fish, they almost acted as what I would compare to ice fishing. It's like they don't even know that they're hooked. And then all of a sudden at the boat, boom, they get really, really uh, like, I got to get the heck out of here. And they'll make a run at that point. But you're reeling in. There's not much head shakes. It's just like, wait, wait, wait. And that leader and the lure, if it, if it does happen to be a big one, is usually just boom, right down, straight into the water. And I'm screwed. I can't, I can't uh, net the thing. So I'm curious on to that's, that's pretty much my, all my givens of what has happened in November. What would you do uh, if you had to go out tomorrow and fish drag wise, anything like that to get them something like that? Have you ever experienced anything like that? I've I've done it. I've done it lots of times, man. I, I, I keep the drag the same. But I will tell you this, the way we fish at Chautauqua, with all those, like, 
rod tips buried in the water and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you you could miss hits. I mean, we we caught them late November here in Pennsylvania, where I didn't have the rods buried like that, and mm-hmm. we were we were you're actually watching the pole. Like uh-huh. you, you could, you know, like you could look over and you'd see the broad going back. It was happening there last week when I was fishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fellow I was with, you know, I saw the board go back. I said, like, there's a fish right there. He said, how'd you even hear that? I said, I didn't. It's just on there. Go get it. <laughs> just get it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have to get them. You have to get yeah. pressure on them or they're going to come off immediately. I've had lots of those fish come up like they come up behind it. Like, like I've looked over and like the one thing that I remember seeing a lot in the fall. And this happened to me with the cave, my great big cave run fish that I caught like in mid November. Uh, that 40 pounder. Yeah. The, uh, was a leaf. yeah, it, yeah. it, it made, it made a couple clicks. There's a, and I looked over and the rod was bending back, bending back, is doing some stuff. I was like, well, there's something on here. I don't think it's much of a fish, but I can remember that happening at Moraine, climate tuning. Uh, yeah, I mean, I kept it the same, but you got to keep an eye on it because a lot of times, uh, a lot of times we'd be trolling this time of year when you look over and like the rod would just go limp. Well, mm-hmm. if the rod goes limp and you're still trolling, you know, there's something happened. Like mm-hmm. the, I think the fish just come up and grab it from behind. And I know that's what was happening to me there last week on the boards. Like I would see the board rod go flying back, but it didn't even take drag. And I'd look back and I'd look at the board. I was like, there's fish, fish, you know, mm-hmm. and they, everyone's running around like where I said like, on, on the board over there, there it is, you know, mm-hmm. and <laughs> that's the, I, I, was, kept, I kept my drag like the same though, you know? <laughs> so I kept my drag the same too. The problem was, is the ice build up in the in the lines and things like that made oh, yeah. it very very inconsistent i'd be like okay this drags nice and tight and i would pull it out another foot and it would just be like taken with the thump of the the, it would just uh, be- the crankbait and i'm just like oh my gosh this is way too loose uh, mm-hmm. it just it just was caked with with water and ice mm-hmm. um but so if anybody's out there right now and you're trolling my like case study, I guess, is exactly what Todd was saying is happening. It started happening maybe even in late November. Um, mm-hmm. it, was getting, it was getting pretty or, late, late, October, yeah, there, late, yeah. late October. But uh, and uh, it was it was dipping way low. You know, it was way mm-hmm. below double nickels, and they started acting that way. And um, the biggest thing was that I take back to from, that I'll take in learning because as guides, we still learn all the time mm-hmm. is when you're fishing this late and in this cold water, if you see that rod tick or anything like that, and it's hard to do because you're so when you're trolling, you're so used to it being based on sound, sound alone. Um, but you know, we, uh, we have trained eyes to look at things like, okay, yeah, that, that rod has a fish on it. It's a tiny one. It's a catfish. Yeah. It's a walleye. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would hear these little rips and the clients I were with wanted to zip that bimini down. And 
that obviously takes a couple seconds off from you getting through and getting to the fish and engaging it to, to almost even set the hook. So this happened a couple times and the bimini was down and the client's like, oh man, they keep getting off. They keep getting off. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It did it again. And I was kind of, I was irritated with the fish at this point. We got hit again. You're out there. You're freezing. You're frigging every extremity off toes, fingers, whatever, nose, everything's frozen. And I was just like, leave the damn thing up. I was just like, leave it up. I was like, we're getting the next fish. That thing starts peeling drag. And I, I zoomed over and grabbed the thing and felt it. And it just kept going and going and going and going. And, uh, you know, it was a 49. It was obviously a nice fish, but, um, even with the smaller ones, you have to, have to, have to engage them super fast in all, uh, in all situations when you're trolling, I think, but fall is extremely important. If you want to land that thing, it's almost like you got to get on the damn thing and give it a little extra tug to make sure that hook's set. Um, but that's yeah, been I, my experience. I, I set some hooks there last, you know, last week when I was up. Oh, this, the, you know, the, the rod would barely go off and I grabbed it and I yeah. set the hook, give it a big reef. I was like, there's your fish. And I was like, hold on a second. Let me get the slack out here. And you, you remember when yeah. I told you I had that double header? Yeah. And the way that we got that double header was I was moving maybe like 0.8. Mm-hmm. And we released this real nice big fat 46. And then I saw the board just going like. Bouncing around, yeah. bouncing around <laughs> and i just thumbed it and set it as hard as i could and i said here reel that in so that fish yeah. came up and grabbed and this was in 50 degree water temps 40 degree water temps whatever it was grabbed and just sat there with it floating it was baker probably flo- yeah. yeah that's exactly what it was hot perch, yeah. just floating doing nothing so, yeah i mean you can i mean you you can try anything, you know, I, I, I told you the other day, Vance, and we were talking, I mean, I don't, I think it's, I think it's more just not, not luck, but just the way things work. Mm-hmm. We got, uh, I think I, from and what I can tell, looking step. back, yeah, 27 in a row. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good. And, and let me tell you, there's lots of times that, you know. That 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 believe that hardly ever happens. Right. But our trolling hits. I was running the same drag. I was keeping an eye on the poles, and we're going back to like the third week in October. Till I quit there, just first week in November. The trolling fish was 20, 27 in a row. We did not have one rip. I never had one fish that I thought. Now I did have a couple little zips, maybe that I can't remember, but as far as like getting the fish on and it was incredible because I'll probably pay for that in the spring when we start next year. Uh, oh yeah. Well, no. and I'll go but, I mean, for I, eight, but <laughs> I feel like we, we, we go through those spells where it's like, they're always on and they're always mm-hmm. off or if we're fishing in the same area, you're getting them and mine are coming off or vice versa. Yeah. Yep. Stuff like that yeah. happens and, and, all the time. And we're doing the same thing. We're running the same pole. You know, we're talking to each other yeah, around the same lures. Like, and 
and what the uh, hell? but yeah that that's just uh that might have i'm I like you on the best streak. I don't know that I've ever been on a streak like that. But we did not lose a fish. Twenty-seven and every. Up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know that's ever happened. Uh, but it is yeah, right now. So that's let's, that's pretty freaking good. We're hoping to keep it up for the spring. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but the, but the thing the thing is that is uh, crazy when you do that fall fishing. It's like it's really monotonous and you think it's very, it's slow. But then those fish, when they were hitting in October, were screaming drag. Mm-hmm. They hit like crazy. You got to cut hooks like crazy. Yeah. Um, but the which, fight, the fight is toned way down from summer. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. But the strike, I mean, I cut, I, I cut hooks like crazy on those 27 in a row. I mean, Every I was going back and I was like, well, I got five lures I got to put hooks on tonight. Yeah. Uh, but that's why it's it's so much easier to land those big fish in the fall. It just is. Mm-hmm. They do not. I mean, they, they'll do their thing. They give but, up. Uh, they, they 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 just sort of swim around. You know, in the summertime, it's like they're insane. It's the same fish. You know, it's probably some of the same fish we're hooking now that we hooked in the summer, but. You know, they peeled, peeled a hundred, <laughs> hundred feet of line and jumped out of the water three times and threw the bait. And you're like, God dang it. You know, <laughs> and then yeah. now, you know, they're still fighting, but they're not jumping. It's just like, just keep pressure. Just keep reeling. Don't get crazy. You just got to bring what, it up here. That's what it, that's what it felt like when I'm, when I would catch the, the big ones in the fall. That's why I related it to like the ice fishing. It comes, mm-hmm. it comes to the boat, it's straight down, and it's really not doing much. Mm-hmm. But it's just like dead weight and straight down. I'm like, I can't net the thing. Yeah. Like, I'm going to have to, it, like, I would have to grab the leader and lift it vertical. Mm-hmm. And then, like, gill it. You know, just like you would yeah, do in an yeah. ice, ice yeah. fishing. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to net this thing at a straight up 90 degree angle. You know, it's crazy. But the difference is it when the fish comes up, it just sort of turns, swims, and makes a circle. It's real nice. And then you can get it. In the summer, if you can't do that, it goes by, and then it goes flying out to the bottom of your boat, tail walking across the water, and that kind of crap, you know. Especially on July 13th. Well, that definitely happened on July 13th, yeah. Yeah. But they have to talk about that. A lot during the summer, but yeah. Well, that's yeah, my, that's really that's cool. Musky, musky fall. Are you still uh, fishing? I will. I mean, whatever. Let's go. Might as well. Mm-hmm. But that was uh, kind of what I noticed in this late, late fall season. Um, if anybody else is out there uh, as dumb as me, still fishing. So let's talk about hunting. Let's talk about Musky Max Plus. Oh, oh yeah. Did you see that? I was on point. March 7th and 8th, Cannonsburg, Pennsylvania, Princescape Arena. We're going to be there. We're going to be smiling. Hopefully everyone else will be too. Great show for the family. Bring the kids. Bring everybody. Um, top-notch vendors. Leah Parties do a great job putting this on, and I really, really like the location. So... I mean, it's still, I mean, what do we got, four months away? But mark it on your calendars. Next, 
that's the next thing you look forward to uh, when you hang it up musky fishing and that kind of really gets you into gear to uh, to get you back out on the water so it's a great show it is our favorite all right so check them out muskymax.com or on facebook and instagram all right we got all of that and i got some i i, I got some hunting stories and the reason we're going to do we we normally try to do like try to do like one podcast a year to kind of wrap up the hunting stuff but we just as of right now we have too much material to really Heck, I mean, you guys haven't even started hunting yet, so mm-hmm. I don't want to have another three-hour podcast talking about hunting. So, um, I got I got some stories. So, I'm gonna run through like my immediate family stuff and just, you know, I got four hunting stories. Let's just say. So this would have been I'm trying to remember what day it was. It was probably a week and a half ago, almost two weeks ago. So it was early November. It was definitely after Halloween. And I had been, I don't want to say I'm struggling during the archery season, but I, I was off on my numbers of good buck sightings. Um, the cameras are telling me, you know, that there's deer around, but everything's coming around at night, you know, and I have one, two, like five properties. I I decided to expand my horizons a little bit. I still did a lot of work over at dad's and you know, made some improvements and things are really coming along nice, but you know, you can't put all your eggs in one basket. So I, I have satellite properties and one of those satellite properties is, is essentially my backyard. So you really can't say it's, you know, it's, it's, I I don't need permission, (laughs) but like it's, it's small. It's the smallest of all the properties I can hunt. Mm -hmm. And so far this year, I'm going to say for Pennsylvania big buck sightings, it's probably my number one property is my little 10 acres, which like one acre is huntable. And it's, it's just, it's, it's, I can't believe it's still putting in new, new big giant Pennsylvania bucks uh, every week. I'm getting a couple new ones. Now that's going to change here soon, but, um, there was a stretch right there late October where it didn't seem like it, it, it was the magic. It was a magic five days. They were coming out in daylight. They were giving shot opportunities. And, you know, uh, my property butts up against my father-in-law's, and he was passing bucks that I have to scratch my head over. But um, he was passing them. Well, one night I really wasn't sure where I wanted to go hunting. And, you know, talking with my wife, she wanted to go out hunting. And, you know, there was a little bit of confusion on who was going where. And I was just like, well, I'm just going to go behind the house. And then she's like, well, I'm going to go there. I'm like, okay. So hop in the truck and I just go to a, a nice, I'd say more of an observation stand over at my dad's. And it was kind of a crappy picking up rainy night. And my wife texts me, she goes, you know, there's a, there's a decent eight, like working its way over to me. And I'm, you know, I, nothing was happening where I'm at. So I'm texting back and, um, you know, she's just right behind the house. And I said, well, are you going to shoot it? Well, I don't know. And she was on the fence about it. I'm not going to drone on about this, but it was a back and forth of, is this going to happen for you? And finally, um, 
I, I, I think I said, like, I, I wrote the magic text, like, how many opportunities do you think you're going to have? You know, just because of the, the hectic life with the kids and, and what have you. And she ended up, you know, taking the shot. And, you know, so she had 25 yards, you know, put the arrow right where it needed to go. And, you know, I by the time I get home, it was already in the bucket of the tractor of my father-in-law and coming up to the house. And boom, there it was. You know, she she went in the spot that I was going to go and, you know, she got, she got a shot. She got it done. I'm, I'm more than happy. It's, it's great. That's two years in a row. I'm going to say within last year, she shot her buck on a, what was that? Halloween. And then I I think she shot hers on November 1st or 2nd this year. I'm trying to remember. Halloween was on a Thursday. I think it was that Friday, something like that. So, Almost a, a year, or two later, yeah. Almost, mm-hmm. yeah, w- yeah. Within a week of being a year, um, she's shot two out of the backyard, and um, you know, so I couldn't be more than happy right there. You know, we we were getting kind of low on venison, so you know that put us on the board. So, you know, that's great. She got a nice, nice, uh, nice eight point. You know, we got a nice European mount of it. It's sitting right over here right now, and then. So that, let's just say that was a Friday. Then a week later, we started getting that, that cold starting to come in really hard. And I left work half a day early and I went out to dad's and I set up in what we call the funnel. And we had a, finally had a perfect win for the funnel. I needed a straight West and we had a straight West. Dad was already out hunting. He was out there a couple hours before me. I, I still had to go home and shower and what have you. And I, if anyone doesn't know what this is, check this out. I'm sure most people have heard of a heater bodysuit, and I've talked about this last year, especially with Vance's doe hunt. I, I, I packed in my IWOM, which is like a giant sleeping bag that keeps you extremely warm. And so I get, I get to, into the funnel because it's going to get cold, and I had a, night, a big enough walk. I didn't want to dress real heavy, but when I, I wanted to get warm in the stand. So I, I get... It's a big roundabout way to get to this place. This is like our golden goose. This is our best archery stand that we have, at least on paper. Um, We did a lot of barriers and hinge cuttings and and things like that and different bedding areas, and it's just the perfect crossing route. It has like five intersections right there. I have two cameras watching it with mock scrapes, and it's, it's working. I mean, there's deer using it every day. Good deer. Um... So I get set up, you know, just hoping and I get up in the stand and it's just like, I get tucked into my little sleeping bag deal and my phone vibrates and it's my dad. And now I know where he is in relation to me. It's 250 yards, maybe 300. And, uh, he texted me, he goes, he goes, there's a nice eight heading your way over, over this hill. Uh, we call it Gobbler's Knob because there's a you know decent eight coming at you over Gobbler's Knob, and I'm like, I'm not even like sat down yet, and you know so I, you know I get situated as much as I can. I got the bow ready, and I'm just sitting there waiting, 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 and it m- must have got turned around or something like that. Where the deer was sighted was maybe a hundred, hundred fifty yards from from where I was at, and so a lot can happen in that, especially when I can't see up and over this hill and I'm sitting there and you know, next thing, you know, there's a couple doe filtering through and a little buck. He came in behind me 
which shouldn't have happened, but he did. Um, they're deer. They don't follow the rules, but for the most part, our barriers were working. And this little du- this little buck, he was downwind from me, and he beds. He just he makes a little nest and he beds right down. Well, this really sucks because I want to look forward, but I kind of have to keep an eye behind me because I have a deer that's sleeping bow range, maybe 20 yards. Finally, like I turn real slowly and I'm like, he's gone. And I just have that, like that heart attack moment. Like, oh my gosh, did I blow him up? Where did he go? This and that. And I see a little tail wag and I'm like, okay, good. He's still, still back there. And he kind of works his way out and Another little buck comes in and it blasts through our barrier. And, um, you know, so I had, I had some action, little bucks going around. Then my phone vibrates again. And as it's approaching, I'm probably say, let's just say it got dark at six 30. I don't know. I forget what time it would get dark. Um, about 45 minutes to an hour before dark, my dad texted me. And have you guys ever read a text that you like absorb the words, but they're, they're in an order you want your brain to put them in. Like, sure. Yeah. I think there's a term for that, but I'm, it's eluding me right now. <laughs> <laughs> but like you, you look at the text and, and you'll just like, I know what this, I know the subject matter and I know the meaning of it, but you don't fully read it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and what I read was my dad texting me says, I shot a buck. And, you know, so then, then starts this texting back and forth and, um, you know, I said, just, just chill out, you know, you know, we'll, we'll get some stuff figured out, just hang out there. And I don't know, some time went by and I, I grabbed my, and I started texting some people saying, Hey, dad shot this and that, you know, keep things exciting. And then I grabbed my phone and I look at it again and I reread his text and his text read, it didn't read, I shot a buck. It read, I shot at a buck. To me, I just like, oh, crap. Because when I said, I sh- when I read, I shot at a buck, that implied bad news. But when I shot at a buck, yeah. I shot yeah. at a yeah. buck because it wasn't, this, I shot this, a buck. This happens to Vance and I quite often, not often, but a couple times a year, we I, I read a text and it was be something Vance will send me one that's like 50 like okay so what it's it's like 1250 or 50 foot of line you got a 50 foot line out what i mean this doesn't happen that much to us (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah 51 you're like what are you what 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 why'd you send that 51 (laughs) right yeah i I don't want to get too excited yet yeah yeah we usually send back are you drunk Yes. Yeah. What are, are you? What what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> Impaired. Are you what sure you it wasn't 51? a forty-one? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fifty-one. Did you mistype that? <laughs> yeah. Is this one of the cl- the clients? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that happens. Yes. <laughs> so, anyways, I then like when I read that, I'm like, oh crap! So I I, I call them. And I'm in the stand. He's still in the stand. Now he's in an enclosed tower and I'm in a lock on stand. And, you know, I, I whisper, I'm like, just tell me what happened. I'm going to sit here and listen. Like I, I just said, talk to me, but I'm still hunting. And I can just tell like when he first told me what happened 
and then as as he kept talking it it seemed to get a little darker as as the conversation and then i you know i'm just i'm i'm whispering i'm like just stay put when it gets dark i'm going to get down i'm going to walk right over to you we'll figure this out and i just like l- look down to my left and there's a deer staring right at me at like 10 yards and i'm like oh my god how did you come in like <laughs> i don't know how these deer can just appear they just they did and it was just a little it was a doe it wasn't the end of the world but i didn't want to be busted and so i kind of hang up and as it as it's getting dark you know i'm like okay it's time for me to hang this up um get everything get down and um one of the few times i'll actually kind of break our this is our designated trails to these stands but for me to take this route back on the designated trails it it would have equaled miles to get to him even though he's only a couple two three hundred yards from me so this proved to actually be beneficial so i get everything all i pack all my crap up and it's dark like the way i can describe the light situation is i can see the trees in the major branches but if i if 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 I'm not careful, I'll poke my eyes out on the sticks because I can't see those. So I could see basic <laughs> shapes. It's that it's that magical time where you think that you're like, oh, I can see at night, but you you're really fooling yourself. So I I walk straight out out of the out of this stand at 12 noon, like the direction I was facing. I walk right up and I hit one of our four wheeler trails, and then I hang a 90 degree left, and I'm walking and I'm just like having talked to dad, I kind of knew the direction the deer ran and, uh, I'm walking. I'm like, man, that looks out of place. Now it's in a bunch of yellow birch. They're not that big, but I saw something that just stood out enough of like white. And I hit, hit the light and I, my suspicion was confirmed. I saw a white belly and an eye and it, its head was down. And I'm like, that thing's dead. And I just kept walking. I didn't get close to it. I was probably 30 yards or so from it walking kind of parallel i take a few more steps i hit the light again just to see if its head would pick up and it didn't i just kept walking then i had the remainder of the walk to sit here and debate it's not very often for me personally that i'd walk up on i'd find someone's deer just by luck and i kind of knew from the phone call that things were slipping into a darker place (laughs) And I'm like, well, I got the best news in the world coming. You know, I'm the messenger at this point. So I, I finished the walk and, you know, well, let's back up like two minutes. After I hit the light the second time, about five seconds later, I see a flashlight where his stand is start flashing me. And I'm like, oh, the jig's up. He knows what's going down. But regardless, I still rehearse that, what I just said in my head. And, you know, I get, I get to the base of this, this tower and dad comes out and he's, he's just like, man, I just, I, I think I missed the buck. And, you know, he had texted me that earlier and he's like, I just, I'm so mad at myself right now. You know, I, the Luminoc didn't light up and all this stuff. And he's just going, he's like, yeah, I, he's just down in the dumps. And I'm like, I don't know when the best time is to break this news, but I just pretty much was like, I'm like. Well, do you want me to spoil the surprise? And he, he, he like looked at me funny. I'm like, your deer's dead right over there. And he's just like, are you kidding me? 
like in this like complete yeah. disbelief thing because when you're unsure of this stuff you can you can go down a really dark path oh yeah um so i mean he was he was all excited and you know i told him i said it's just right over there i said i can find it again i didn't mark it with anything it's our it's our woods i i kind of know where it's at and yeah, yeah. We, we we gather all our crap up and we walk over to it and there there lays his second biggest buck he's ever shot and wow that's awesome yeah and it it was it was crazy how it all happened but um you know he pulled a vance he liver shot it and it died it died very quick I, mm, I, I, I hit a lung on that one. On, on the archery? I'm pretty sure it was liver. <laughs> I definitely hit, hit a lung on that. I remember looking at one lung. Okay, I just, I remember it being a little back. But anyways, let's just, okay, we'll, we'll jump up to <laughs> Kentucky Bucks. Liver shots. The only deer I've ever missed were when you gave me some math equation to shoot your crossbow. <laughs> And when I shot like three miles over the one because I don't understand BDI, okay. That that's, is. What, what what happened to you there, Andy? I mean, that's it's 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 that's that's a lot of fun. I've been, you know, lots of times like my group that I hunt with, I already have my deer, so we do deer pushes. You know, we do drives. Uh, that's I can't even tell you how many times that's happened where you know I'm you know, like I hear the shot, we're doing the drive, and you just randomly. I'm walking up, finishing a drive, and I see the deer or whatever. And just like you said, there's times you're like, man, I shot. It was right there. Took off that way. I was like, we're good, man. <laughs> yeah. All calm and collected. I know, like, yeah. I know. I think I think we're going to be able to find him. Let's go look. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was in this, this weird yeah. thing. But, I mean, to be honest with you, it was a really good thing that I found him. Because yeah. there was a little tuft of hair and a drop of blood, and then it was like ten yards before I found another drop of blood, mm-hmm. and it, mm-hmm. and it was just like at at that point. I mean, we spent like maybe five minutes tracking it, air quotes, and mm-hmm. after that, we're just like, let's just walk to the deer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, 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 there's no need to track. We this is already done. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, but that's yeah. part of the fun of it. Is is the whole track and the surprise and that's not to me, but it's okay. Yeah. I yeah, that was a big deal when I so-called <laughs> liver shot that one, uh, and I knew it was like dead over in the corner there. But we had to look for it, and it was like a couple steps. <laughs> so it was like yeah. a big in, a big anticipation of like, now we get the track. It's playing right over there, but yeah. it's like it's, there it is by the tree. Yes, it did fall out of sight of you because you did lose sight of it. I remember that much. I do remember that, yeah. Um, so, out of my family, two out of three have punched tags, and there I am, the lost one. And I, um, I was relying a lot on my cameras to to kind of, I, w- I, I kind of was staying off of dad's, um, more than I have in previous years because I, I'm just I'm waiting for daylight photos. And the crazy thing is with dad's, dad's buck, is I never had a single photo of that deer, ever. Um, uh-huh. So, I mean, that that was that was interesting to me right then. So, I finally got, it would have been, dad shot his on a Friday. I, I went out on... Tuesday. I got 
color. I got daytime when I say color. I got daylight photos of a good buck at what we call the scrape stand. There's a mock scrape that I make every year. And for whatever reason, the deer like this one a lot. And I finally got like at like 12, 1224 on Tuesday. I got this. It was a 10 point. It wasn't a giant 10 point, but it was a nice 10 point. And, you know, prior to that, just the way that I get these text messages coming in, I looked at 1216 walking through the funnel is the same 10 point. So I know his exact travel route that day not to get burned by my two day patterns. I said, I got to get out there. I got to get out there like today, meaning Wednesday. So I cut out of work extra early, got all cleaned up and I was, it was, it was going to get cool. Like I was sending you, I was sending you videos of my turkey hunt. Yes, you were that morning. And you were saying bucks were running everywhere. Bucks were running everywhere. Yeah. I was taking videos with my phone. With a shotgun in hand. With a shotgun in hand, yeah. With five bucks all in range. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. Only two that I would shoot, but yeah, there were five in range. Yeah. So I was just, I was like Jones and I'm just sitting here thinking, I'm like, I'm missing my opportunity. Todd has all these deer running around and. You know, I'm 50 miles south of you. Right, but it doesn't matter. I mean, you could have been in, yeah. you could have been in South yeah. America and I still would have but, been yeah, like. You were still a- antsy. thinking it. Yeah. 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 And so I, it was going to get cool, like really cold at night. So I didn't want to freeze, um, at, you know, those last, that last hour. And I was going to be sitting for like six hours. So I packed, I, I, I put on my heavy bibs, but I took my heavy coat. I rolled it up into like a, like you would a sleeping bag. And I snapped it onto my uh, backpack and it's not a terribly far walk. So I just, I packed everything in and I climbed up my little ladder there and I was a little bit later in the stand than I wanted. And I, I I'll break down a minute. And I'll be like mad if I'm off by 30 seconds. And, you know, I get up there and I start getting, you know, you, you pack so much crap in, especially when you're sitting for a long time. And, you know, I'm, I got the bow hanging there. I got my pack hanging on another hook. I'm like, well, if I want my binos, I'm going to need to take my coat off, out of this, off this, the back of the pack so I can get to where my binos are at. And I'm like moving everything around and I'm finally get like stuff halfway roughed in where I want them to be. And I, I I wanted to put my face mask on and I, in archery, I will wear a, like a carbon filter on a, on a face mask. So I'm breathing through a filter. Um, and I pull that out of my, my thing. And there goes my little carbon filter fluttering all the way down to the ground. I said, (laughs) okay, okay, okay. Okay. Wait, Yep. hold on now. Let's let, let, Let's jump back one second. So I sent you a couple of videos. You yep. send me a picture. You're still at your shop working. Yep. There's a picture of you at the shop with someone's deer. Oh, that was the fun part. Yes, because you 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 you're, you send me this picture like here's my buck. I was like, wow, that was a great shot. You chopped this whole head off in one shot. Okay, yeah. Let's let's take a break from my my suspenseful. This was quick. I mean, th- this all happened in a relatively very short period of time because. Yes, I forgot all about that. So 
one of the guys that, that works at our shop, his he has a neighbor that is he works for the Pennsylvania Game Commission. He's he's a game warden, but uh-huh. he's not just a game warden. He has like I, I don't know, several game wardens underneath him. So I, I I don't know if you call him a manager. I don't know what the term is. But there he's probably the warden. He's not the uh, deputies. Okay, if yeah, I yeah. don't know the terms, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he, they had one of those robo deer, the deer that they use to, uh, they put oh, in yeah. the field and it's like remote controlled or something, and they sit in mm-hmm. the bushes and they wait for someone to spotlight and shoot them. Well, yeah. it was just the head, mm-hmm. and the problem was was that they took these giant antlers, real antlers. And they just kind of drilled and put like a little piece of steel in them and they jammed them into this taxidermy foam head. And like the, yeah. the problem was, I guess when the deer would turn his head, the antlers would wiggle and fall out, which isn't very appealing to a potential poacher. <laughs> 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 so we, yeah. ca- we came up with like, okay, this is what we can do without ruining everything. And we... We, we modified the little metal post that they had and I rammed them into the head really good and they were solid. And this buck, this, yeah. this was a buck. Oh, it's a buck. Yeah. I mean, you send me the picture and then the next thing you send me, you're like welding something on his, I was Under like, what end. are they doing? <laughs> this? Yeah. Yeah. Look like you're welding a big bracket on there or something. Yeah. We were, we were modifying what they had done yeah. and it, it, it made it significantly better. But I mean, this buck was was every bit. It was every bit of a hundred and eighty inch deer, which yeah, yeah, giant, a giant, and it was almost looking at it and knowing the the caliber of deer in Pennsylvania. I would just be like, man, if I was a poacher, I'd be like, yeah, I ain't shooting that's that a- one. That's too fake. <laughs> yeah, that that's yeah. like when you see those those replica musky mounts, and you're just like, yeah, you caught that. You caught that, yeah. With, with the tail, 80... the, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the tail is as big around as my thigh, but you caught that fish. Yeah, that's a real it from, monkey, right? It was from the St. Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> it was a 50 inch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we fish trophy fish here, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you wouldn't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, All right. So <laughs> I, I, was, I was sending that around because I'm like, you know, yeah. a part of me is I don't want to say I'm, I'm getting frustrated, but I'm just like, I felt like I was spinning my t- spinning my wheels. I mean, I got Happens every year. <laughs> not every year. 14 uh, 2015 <laughs> I got it done in 3 hours. This is very close time proximity though. I'd say 90% I'm, of the time. I'm still out there. I mean, I I'm just doing a walk. I'm looking for some turkeys. I'm seeing deer, sending you videos. You send me the picture. You send me the picture of you guys welding on it. Mhm. And yeah. the next, the next, it was next within I hours. Guess. It was within hours. Yes. But before I did, we, I, I mean, you, you were at work as far as I knew. I wasn't, I was still walking through the woods when you sent that to me. And I didn't realize that much time passed that you could have left work and did what happened. Yeah. But so I had to climb down my ladder. So, and I'm, I'm slightly annoyed by this. So I sli- I climbed down my, my ladder and it's a 20 foot. You know, the, the platform's 20 foot off the ground, so it's a lot of steps. I get down, and of course, I have to then untether because it just was out of reach. I grab it, get back up, get my mask on, and I just kind of like sit down. I'm like, okay. And I have to ask myself the question, am I, am I hot? 
I wasn't really hot, but I wasn't cold. And I'm looking at my coat and I'm like, do I want to put you on now? I've already made a whole bunch of noise. This coat, I'm going to probably, there's a slot in the back to where I'd have to untether and, and put the safety harness through it. And this whole time I'm kind of thinking this, um, I look out. So I'm going to do the, the, the face of the clock again, the way the stand is, uh, is facing is 12 noon. And I kind of look off at like one o'clock while I'm debating in, in my head, do I put my coat on or not? And I see movement. I'm like, what? And I'm looking and I, I see a, a deer's head go down and then come back up. And it's probably 80 yards through the woods. Just like as far, like if it was two steps back, I wouldn't have been able to see it. It was just right on the edge of visibility. I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. I'm like, where's my binos? And I, and I, now I know I'm like, crap. I don't, my, my binos are in my pack and my pack are, is at six o'clock, you know, two feet above my head. I'm not about to do a complete 180, dig through this pack to get my binos because even though this was a doe, I could, I, it was either a very small buck or a doe. I was not about to risk at that distance fiddling through my pack to get binos that would just essentially be in my way. So I get my bow and I'm just like looking. I'm like, okay, well, what the heck's going to happen here? So I watch that deer for not, not that long. And then it starts working to, to the right. So it's going from like one o'clock ish to two o'clock. And then it hits this opening where I can see it clear. And it's like looking back and I'm like, oh, this is interesting. I'm about to see a four point because that's, that's the average of what I'm seeing this year. <laughs> I mean, I'm seeing a lot of bucks this mm-hmm. year. I mean, I, I don't want to paint that picture. I mean, I was seeing mm-hmm. really good numbers. And then I see this buck come walking into view and I'm like, oh, it's this giant six point that Vance has fallen in love with last year. Yes. Vance, you remember, yeah. you remember that big giant? <laughs> Four days I spent with that guy. <laughs> in a row. And, and so this buck came back. Broke my heart. <laughs> and it's still not legal. It's still not legal. But it's it's a That's giant. Insane. I mean it's it, a giant it, six point. I mean it's a legitimate it's a three and a half year old six point with like nine or ten inch twos, but just nothing else. Yeah. Big yeah, tall I hope rack. That doesn't get hit or poached. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I'm just like, oh, look at that. There's that big giant buck. Isn't that great? So I pick my bow up and look through the scope, and I see a a three coming up. I'm like, Jesus Lord, there. There's the there, there's something <laughs> that I would actually shoot. <laughs> and and now all of a sudden it went from me like slightly not caring, almost annoyed that it's bothering me, to where like, oh come please come closer. And, yeah. <laughs> and it, it's just keep coming, just, just keep coming on the same trail. Right. Yeah. And so <laughs> why these deer kind of bumped into this area is we have a, we have a little pond in the woods and as they start working to like two thirty, they start walking the edge of the pond away from me. And I'm in like hemlocky. It, it, I have shots. I have like two good shots at like 15 yards one shot at 35 and I'm just, I'm essentially watching a crossroad. Mm-hmm. I have no shots behind me. Every, I mean, my one shot might be at like 10:30, Then my 35 is like at noon. 
and then I have like a 130, 15-yard shot. It, it's, it's, it's tight, but I'm just watching. I don't want to call it a funnel. It's just a really good crossing route. And I just watch these deer walk away from me, and I'm just like, yeah, that, that's my life right there. I get that close, and then it just, I get screwed. Well, I, I hear the doe kind of take off, and I'm like, okay, well, screw it. I grab my grunt call, and I just, I grunted a couple times, just like hoping, hoping. Nothing, nothing happens, like usual. Um, I don't know, five, ten seconds later, I see this doe pop out like a hard three o'clock, maybe three thirty, just in like the perfect opening in the branches of this hem of these hemlock forest. You ever have that, Todd, or you know Vance? You, you're uh-huh. just looking, and there's just like a perfect hole through the forest, and there's just happened yeah. to be a deer standing there. Yep. And this doe standing there, and I'm like, oh my gosh, she's facing me now. She turned. I'm like. I might actually get this shot right here. It's a chip shot. It's 15 yards. Well, she then takes off. You know, she just essentially dumped the clutch in fifth gear, and she took off running from, I'm going to guess, 50 yards, 3 o'clock-ish, 60 yards, to where she paralleled me behind me, which I have zero shots. And she popped out, I'm going to probably say, at like 7.30 behind me, but I can't see her. But she took off running and stopped. I'm like, that buck's going to be coming. And now I'm, I'm in a dilemma. I, he, he's probably going to follow her trail. She's coming out on the other side of me, but I need to face this way to see which, if he is coming. So I kind of get prepared to, you know, for something to my right, which is like 3 o'clock. And I just hear running. And I'm like, well, he ain't going to stop here. So I just kind of swing around to the other side of the tree. And instead of 15 yards behind me, this buck literally would rub up against my tree. He, he was right oh, underneath me. <laughs> and I, I like look and I'm like, okay, um, I'm not going to have a shot here. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm, you know, I always want to take the most ethical shot possible, but this buck walked into what I thought was a clearing at like, I'm going to, I'm going to put it between five and 10 yards walking away from me, practically a straight down shot when you're 20 feet in the air. And I just, I, I put the crosshairs between its spine and its right shoulder. And I just popped the trigger. Red Luminock went down and I saw it crush right there. And I'm like, did I just, did I just do this? <laughs> I mean, it, it happened. It went from like, oh, this is a six point to this thing's now running at me with no shots. I have this little opening. I take it and I, I hear a whole bunch of running around. They, they're they in the hemlocks now. I can't see them. And I think I hear it crash, but then I see this doe come running out of nowhere. And now the doubtfulness comes pouring in because I'm uh-huh. like, well, what happens if that buck that I saw actually kept going? And this was a different buck that headed her off and brought her this way. And, oh, my gosh, what did I do? Anyways, <laughs> now I'm like, well, I guess it's time to, for me to put my coat on and all this other stuff because I didn't even have time to do that. I didn't have time to get prepped. And, you know, I pack up all my crap. I lower it down from the tree, get down there, give Dad a call. I'm walking back, and he meets me. He left work. He, he comes over, meets me, and I kind of run through the story with him, and, 
Long story short, that deer made like a 50-yard half circle and died essentially what would have been in bow range. Um, but I couldn't see it, and there it was. I just, my, my daytime photos, me getting burned on two-day patterns, it wasn't, but here's the thing. It wasn't the buck that was there the day before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just a buck. Yeah. It's another one you didn't have a picture of, right? It was a deer that I did not have a photo of. Yeah, that's crazy. And that's it crazy. was it was a good eight point. I mean, I'm, I'm very mm-hmm. happy with it. I mean, I'd shoot that buck the first day of archery yeah. season. Um, but the timeline there is, is incredible because, like I said, you, you were sending me pictures of you at work. With a giant, I wasn't mechanical sure you were. Deer. Yeah, with a giant mechanical head. I was like, "Wow, that's a great shot." I really smoked that one. To, yeah. I was still like walking around. It was like the next picture I got was a bloody arrow. You sent me a bloody arrow. I there. did. I sent you in Vance an arrow that was broken. Broken, yeah. And, it, and I was it, like, "Oh, geez." I know what this means. I didn't even know you went hunting. Yeah. I couldn't take it no more, Todd. I just couldn't. Yeah, you were just at shop. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it was it was crazy. I mean, it, it, like, to talk a little more about this, I, like, when Dad got confused, I, the way I shot this deer, it, I didn't think the arrow passed through. But not only mm-hmm. did it pass through, it went through the lung, it went through the heart, it came out kind of like the left side of, I would say, the bottom of its chest, and then it went through its leg and into the ground. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I'm like, well, gosh, I was under the impression that I didn't get a lot of penetration when, in fact, I went through everything plus a leg. Yeah. Thank God you didn't hit it in the liver because that's just, I mean, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> you know, that's just awful. I mean, who would do that? Okay. Um, so that that was my PA deer. That was on a Wednesday. And I was leaving Friday morning to go down to Kentucky. So I, I had initially planned on taking a half day Wednesday and hunt all day Thursday, drive down to Kentucky Friday, hunt three days at Kentucky and come back on Tuesday. Um, you know, I, I ended up, through a wild roller coaster ride, I got my wife to come down with me to hunt Kentucky. So Friday morning, we had everything loaded up, and she, you know we got the kids off to school, and we pushed off around I don't know nine nine thirty, and started the trek down. And this was not the same area that that I had been going to um, the previous three years. Uh, this was considerably further south. Um, you know, I talked, I talked to the owner and he says, Hey, come on down here. So he had some stuff set up for my wife and I, we were going to be sharing a ground blind. I I wanted to, you know, kind of be next to her, but he also, um, you know, uh, listened to my request of having a ladder stand halfway close. So if I wanted to break free and kind of hunt on my own, um, I could do that. And, you know, not be too far away from my wife. So we drive the, you know, nine hours to get down there and, you know, we get set up and, you know, we, we, we do the whole, uh, pre-hunt thing and, uh, wake up the next morning at 3am, get ready, 
get you know follow the follow the guide and and there's there's guides with these properties so that you know you stay on the leases you know they if you need something you you run through them they don't want you going all over the place so he takes us he goes okay guys listen you're just going to park right here you're going to go down here you're going to find your blind you got a nice nice view and you know just let us know if you need anything or if you guys shoot so we get into our blind and we get all set up and stuff like that and you know the first day i mean we we saw some deer um yeah i mean we actually saw a good good bit of deer but like towards the end of the day we noticed like off to our right in the distance we were set up on in a field kind of watching this creek bottom and i don't even know what you would want to call this but it's like a hillside that goes up to a plateau i almost want to call it a bluff is that is that the okay. right it, it's just yeah. a steep hill that has trees on it lots of trees and there's not a lot of trees in these fields obviously because it's called a field um we look off to our right out at a distance and there's a whole bunch of cows like big giant cows and um you know through texting with uh there was a group text with the other hunters on this lease it was a pretty pretty decent sized lease and you know we were sharing it with some other hunters they were saying that they were seeing cows and the guide was like yeah we're not they're not supposed to be any cows on this property there's a fence down on the neighbor's property and those are his cows well, oh, you know, I mean, and, and there's a lot of them. And I, I, I can't imagine that the cows would actually affect the deer all that much, but you'd rather not have them around you. Yeah. So, you know, when we walked out, you know, we spooked some cows out of there and, and what have you. And then the next day, <laughs> I mean, it was it kind of comical. The next day, we were, we were going to hunt for two and a half days. I had some compromising. The next day is a Sunday. So we wake up same time and we drive to our spot and we get in our little ground blind again and we look down where we were at. Now we, we just stared at this place for 12 hours and we're like, there's a bunch of cows down here. So I take my, my, my stream light and I hit it and it just lit up with cows. Like in our honey hole, it is filled with cows. So I, I could hear the guide. He 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 would haul some people in on a on a side by side, like the farther walks. He'd take them down there. He'd drop them off and then and then head out. I called him and he answered. I said, "Hey, we got like thirty head of cow, right in our sweet spot." And he's like, "All right." He goes, "What do you want me to do?" I said, "Do you want to try to scare them out with the side by side?" So here he comes, just barreling down, and we're watching this circus unfold during like the prime early minutes of of the hunting day mm-hmm. and he he's like rounding these things up in like circles like they he couldn't he needed another person down there but finally these yeah. cows kind of ducked into this corner where he where he couldn't get them no more and he came back up and he's like hey that's that's all i can really do without i'm like well you tried he left all these cows come filtering out like 20 minutes later and we're like well this is not exactly how we wanted to spend our second morning and um, finally like two thirds of the cows split off and they kind of went out of our sight. We're sitting there and, you know, we're, we're seeing deer on that hillside that I had talked about now. And I'm noticing a lot of these deer are coming from like towards the right of, of our viewing area. And this is probably a 150, 200 yard shot. And I'm like, man, I don't know if I really want my wife taking a shot like that. If, if something nice is there. 
it's it's does being dogged by small bucks. We saw a ton of small no, bucks. No, you're on a different like hunting than you're doing in PA. Like, what are you looking for on this farm? This farm, um, it's a 130 inch minimum farm. There are okay. there are three good bucks that they had on camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I like to see that. I like to know like what do I look for. There was mm-hmm. a really heavy eight. There was a very palmated nine, and then there was a ten with some some stuff on it, some extra yeah. sticker points. Okay. And so all these all these deer are kind of off to the right. So I, it's it's getting to be like eleven o'clock, and so I text the guide. I, I tell him I'm like, hey, what do you think if if we kind of grab our chairs, and we move on to like there's kind of like these like drainage lines that have trees in them. Like anything that can be easily accessible by tractor has no trees, but where these like runoff areas, they have trees. I said, we're seeing a lot of deer off to our right. Can we walk on the other side of that tree line by the pond and just set up in the field? I said, I'm seeing a lot more deer on that right side. And I think we're missing some because we just can't see it. The guy goes, no, that sounds, that sounds really like a great idea. So I told, I told my wife, I said, listen, just hang out here. I'm going to grab my gun and I'm going to walk very slowly over there and scout it before we just pick up and move shop. Yeah. Yeah. So we still had like 15 cows in front of us and I get up and I don't make it 50 yards from the blind. Those cows see me. They all run to that corner where the side-by-side had them, where they, he couldn't reach them mm-hmm. and they all jumped the fence. Like every single one of them jumped the fence and was back onto the property they should have been. Back where they should have been, yeah. Where they should have been. I'm just like, this whole time, we 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 did cow rodeo and all this stuff, and all I had to do was walk towards them 50 <laughs> yards, and they all would have cleared. Well, that's good to know in the future. So I kind of worked my way over to this like this other side of this tree line, and it's just it's ex- a pretty big field, and mm-hmm. I kind of crest this like little knoll thing. I'm like, this might be a good spot. And I look in front of me, I see orange at like a hundred yards. I'm like, holy crap. So I back down real slow and I, I get with the guide. I said, Hey, you know, I don't want to mess someone up, but I, I, I'm over here. And I, I had a screenshot and I had the, I drew little dots with my finger. I said, there's someone in orange here. He goes, Oh yeah, that's one guy. He was hunting this other stand. He wants to change leases. He's like not seeing anything or something. Uh-huh. He's like, so they're going to come pick him up on the side by side, but he's walking out. I'm like, okay, cool. So I meander my way back and I say, Hey, let's grab our chairs and let's go sit here. What, what do we got to lose? So we work our way over and I don't know, we're, we're like in a 30 acre field and we're just, we plopped two lawn chairs down in the middle of this field, watching this, what I'm calling a bluff, which might not be the right word. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting there and, you know, it was, it was nice. It was 65 degrees, blue skies, and we're just sitting here in a field in Kentucky, really no idea where I'm at. And we're looking for deer. I'm not thinking about work. I'm not thinking about home. We're just looking for deer. And on this hillside, it's, it's like a whole bunch of oak leaves that are down on the ground and these deer they, they they appear and disappear sometimes we can hear them sometimes we can't and 
we'll watch a doe run run this hill and then behind it's like a little buck dogging her and this and that and my wife had a better eye for catching these deer movement on this hill than I did I mean I'd catch some that she wouldn't but more times than not six out of ten she was picking them up before me and then it turns into this it was always like she's like there's a deer I'm like where she goes it's over there I'm like where she goes well you see this tree that you just couldn't find them if you didn't see him move you're not seeing him mm-hmm. we're sitting there and she's like there's a deer i'm like okay she goes there's two of them well generally there always is two of them and i finally caught him i'm like okay i'm like that's that's a little small buck at the top there and there's there's a doe okay yeah that's cool and it's on the top of this bluff and it, it might be like 60 feet vertically over this creek bottom that we're kind of overlooking and we're sitting there, and I don't know, maybe, I mean, then those deer disappeared. We don't know where they went. Maybe 10 minutes later, at the bottom of the hill, she's like, there's a deer. And I'm like, okay, well, it's probably the same deer we just lost. And I kind of pick up the binos, and I pick her up real quick. This is Doe. And she's halfway behind this tree. Her rump's on one side, and her head's on the other. And I'm looking at her head, and I, I remember this vividly. I'm looking and I, I kind of really focus in on her forehead. I'm like, there are no antlers on her head. Just that was, that was like, I'm like, okay, so there's a buck around. And I just kind of glass up the hill up into the left a little. And I could see essentially the same thing as the doe. I saw the butt end of a buck, uh, I mean of a deer. And then I saw off the other side of the tree, what looked to be like, a pretty decent four or six point based off of its off its rack. And I'm like, oh, we seen a buck like this yesterday. It's, you know, maybe a five inch, five inch two and a main beam. I'm like, oh, that's a nice buck. It's not what we want to shoot, but I'm watching it. And I can hear the doe take off going to the right. I heard her. She was in a treetop that like a blowdown. And then this buck takes like two or three steps out and I see like a 10 inch three, like an eight inch two. And I'm like, Oh, I just went. And she had her gun on the shooting sticks already. And I, I just, I, the way she described it was cause she, she was kind of looking at it too, but it, it happened so quick. She said, I let out this big exhale, like, and I just said, Kara, shoot that buck. And she was getting her gun on the, you know, getting set up. We're sitting in lawn chairs. And my mind's going two ways because we have two guns. We should have two guns up. But on the other hand, I'm a much better spotter with binos. So... I'm like, I better get my gun. So in the process, my we're in a field in lawn chairs. My gun's laying on the ground next to my, on my left. I'm setting down my binos, reaching for my gun, not looking at what's ahead of me. Boom, the gun goes off. I grab my gun real quick. The doe kind of goes more right. And this buck starts climbing the hill, like up and to the left. And she's yelling at me, shoot it again, shoot it again. And I'm like, I can't. It's not, it's not stopping. <laughs> I mean, my gun was up on my shoulder, but I'm watching it. Mm-hmm. This buck never stopped. It got up, 
almost to the cresting of this hill. And I knew where it should be, but I didn't see it anymore. It disappeared. And I'm just like, deer down. You got it. And, you know, I'm in a little total disbelief here about how all this happened because we were literally just sitting there watching a little buck. And then out of the woodwork came this buck. And I'm doing something right now. Um, Okay, Vance, check your text. So this deer disappeared on me. And we're, we're, we're sitting there and I'm glassing for a few minutes. And she is like, I don't know what happened. And, and it's, it's that confusion after you pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. Did you get that picture? You did. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. You didn't see it fall down. Yeah. I didn't see it fall down, but I didn't see it run away. And I'm just like, you got it. Holy crap. So I, I, I call the guide and I tell him, hey, we just shot because the group text blew up. All the hunters on that lease, you know, all on a group text. And people are like, who shot this and that and all this, you know, a lot of combat, you know, back and forth stuff. And I'm just like, man, I don't know what happened. And so I, I told the guide, he's like, hey, listen, just hang back. And if you find blood, let me know. I'll come up. Well, in the, in the years past, I just always call the owner. So I called the owner and he's like, Hey man, uh, what's up? And I said, well, Carrie just shot. I said, we're, we don't know a lot about the details, but I'm like, I think she got it. He goes, Oh, cool, man. How big? I'm like, it's the big 10. And he's like, you serious? I said, yeah. He's like, I'll be right down. (laughs) And he hopped in a car and he drove to this lease. Well, we had like 25 minutes, half hour before him to get here. And I'm in my gear that's, like, meant for cold because we walked in in, like, 25-degree weather. Now it's 65. I left my coat back at the ground blind. I'm in, you know, my bibs. They're unzipped. I'm like, well, God, if I'm going to be getting pictures, I don't want to be looking like this. Kara, we got time to waste. Let's go ahead and we'll we'll walk back to the truck. I'm going to change into something a little bit better. And, you know, so we changed. The Belichick. No, get the, no, I I, didn't, no, I, I got I got some new clothes for hunting, <laughs> and I'm not about to cut the sleeves off these clothes. So, um, uh, you know, we get changed, and I'm like, let's just hang out. So the you know he comes over, and he's like, I'm like, you want to walk back down there? I said, listen, there's still a lot of question marks about this. Um, can I I want to kind of get here in glass and and see what's going on? Because oh yeah, man, that's cool. He's like, let's let's drive down. Let's at least, you know, drive most of the way because it's a decent walk through this field. So they hop on the bed, you know, the tailgate of my truck, and I just kind of cruise through this cow lease and uh, not a cow lease, but there were cows there. I mean, there's there's cow crap everywhere, and there shouldn't have been. And we get we get like close to the to the chairs. I left the chairs the way they were. I wanted him to see what we did. We called this audible, and it worked out. There's the biggest deer that they got on the lease you know, on camera at least. And we get there and, you know, we, we kind of, you know, shut the truck off this and that we walk up and he brought a cameraman with him, like a professional photographer. Oh, and 
So I'm like, okay, I'm going to tell this story. And this guy's like filming. And we're telling the story. And I look over, and there's two deer running up that hill. And I'm like, what the heck? And I'm like, Tevis, look. And he's like, that one's a buck. I said, yeah, it's a pretty decent buck too. And now I'm starting to get a bad feeling. And all right, well, let's, it's been, you know, it's been 45 minutes. Let's go over and take a look. And I'm like, well, I think I know where it fell. And so I walk over and, um, you know, we had to cross, cross this fence, um, to, to get to where this, this was. And I'm looking, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to climb this hill because if her deer's dead and there's another big giant buck, because that was the first thing Tevis said was, Hey, uh, get ready, shoot, yeah. shoot that buck because <laughs> I still have a tag. I'm like, okay. So I kind of start climbing this hill. I'm like, I'm going to intersect blood any second here. I'm getting up, getting up, get to the top of the hill. I look over and I don't see nothing. I'm like, well, her deer, I think fell over here going over here and I'm looking and I'm like, what the heck? And they're all looking and we, I go all the way back down to the bottom of this hill and I'm looking around and I'm like, I got to find where you shot this thing. And I go and I'm like, ah, here's some dirt. And I'm looking and there's like a stick there that had a hole through it. And I'm like, okay, well, here's her bullet hole. I'm like, the deer was standing somewhere right, right in this area based off. I didn't see where it was standing. She described it. There's no blood. There's no hair. I found the bullet. There's, there's no blood. There's no hair. There's, that was the buck. That was the buck. I came back. It was a clean miss. We left. The buck never left. The doe never left. The buck came back down. I could have had a shot at it. She could have had a shot at it. No. But we came in guns a blazing because I didn't see it leave. And it was just the biggest gut punch there was. It, 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 it's still, I know that it bothers her. It bothers me. The mistakes. Like if I would have just said, let's just text the guide and text the owner. We're going to hang out for a bit. We'll let you know. We got, we got plenty of light. That deer was there. I was glassing him. I could not see him. It was there. The doe was there. I just know that when you shoot a buck and it's rut or you shoot or you make noise or whatever, this buck was on this doe. I think this doe was about ready to allow yeah. him to do what he needed to do. And he wasn't going to leave her side. But when you shoot and he goes the other way, I'm thinking dead deer. He's not going to yeah. leave her unless he's dead. Guess what? We backed out. Kind of what you're supposed to do. I came yep. back in. I, you know, I, I, I wasn't thinking clear. And it cost, I mean, there's any, anything could have happened. They could have been behind trees. They could have been laying down in brush. Who knows? Mm-hmm. There's a whole bunch of things. But your mind immediately goes to all these mis- potential mistakes that you think that you made. And you're going to accept them. As You only think about them when it doesn't work out, though. It, and, you know. Ultimately, you you're right. It, what, what, and, and when a fish gets off, <laughs> bringing mm-hmm. back to some musky fishing stuff, it's like what you know. I should have, I should have, I should have stuck the net in the water. Right. Should have just went for it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I should have set the hook this way. I should have done this. I should have done that. You only think of that when it doesn't work out. 
yep and many times it works out and then you don't get to think about that stuff but mm-hmm. just the way it goes it it was i mean it was just so perfect the wind for mm-hmm. two days had been absolutely perfect for where we were at everything mm-hmm. the weather was great all this stuff and it's just like it was the perfect hunting trip I haven't been on a hunting trip to where I'm just like the days flew by when I'm sitting all day yeah. sits, they are excruciatingly slow. Sometimes mm-hmm. we're sitting there, we're joking, we're whispering, we're finding deer. There was no, there was not a worry about the house, the kids work, nothing. It was oh, cool. just sitting there and enjoying what's in front of us leaving all the all the issues, all the problems at home. We couldn't do nothing. We're 500 and some miles away. It was fantastic. And it's just like, even though how perfect that was, that little missing piece. And I don't care if this would have been yeah, a 130-inch yeah, yeah. deer or a 200-inch deer. Mm-hmm. It was just like, oh, I was right there. It was so close, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it was it was good, you know. Uh, we kept our spirits up. We went out the next, you know, we woke up again the next day, which would have been Monday. We went back out and I just said, we're going to go sit in those lawn chairs again. So we packed our lawn chairs and we plopped them right down on the ground right there. And we, I mean, we hunted till we got up at, out of the chairs at nine thirty, And I told her, I said, we're going to hunt all the way back to the truck. And, you know, so we'd walk a little bit and she, she let me have my fun. I, I would glass around take a few more steps in glass. I did find some deer we wouldn't have seen otherwise, but it was really cool to see. This was like really good running activity. We watched, we watched a spike chase this doe into this brush, this like goldenrod brushy prickery kind of stuff right in front of us. I mean, they're probably bow range, but they disappeared. They never came out. And then I don't know, maybe an hour later, we had a big six point, which was the six point that I thought that 10 point was. He uh-huh. chased this doe. We, they ran down the hill. They jumped the creek. And they did three giant laps around like an acre on this, this goldenrod stuff that's in front of us. I mean, every time they came close to us, they were 20 yards. And they just went around and kept going around and around. Finally, he got her into that. Never came back out. It was just I to actually I saw- see it. Yeah, do you think that's uh, sort of normal? I mean, what? So you're you're what? Five hundred miles away, but you're probably three hundred miles south. Yep. Because you did head west. Yep. Yeah, we actually hit a different time zone that screwed us up big time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So you you went west too, but I mean, it's funny that that's happening there basically the same time it's happening here. Yeah, typically as you go south the rut goes back later on the calendar. You would think. Yes. Yeah. I mean it it does. I mean I think Texas is like mm-hmm. December January is when they're rutting. When they're yeah. rutting, but that's Texas. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. You know, it, it seems to be I know in 17 when I shot my big one down there, he was chasing a doe hard. I don't know what yeah. date that was, but it 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 kind of falls very close if not mm-hmm. the same, but you well, know, I got two, I, I got two pretty nice bucks in New York. I remember I, I knew Andy when I was 
hunting up there. We're sending you pictures. Yeah, I passed this. I passed this. And I remember it sent you a picture of the eight. And you're like, aren't you glad you passed that? And I was like, yeah, I am. Actually, I am pretty glad I passed that. Yeah. But that was that was rifle season. That would have been another but, and, week or and two. They were, they were chasing. Both the bucks I got up in New York were chasing. So mm-hmm. it, goes, it goes on for a while. Yeah, it and it it was it was neat to see that. It was also kind of, you know, at this particular lease, there were three shooters and a whole bunch of smalls. Mm-hmm. I mean it would be which was really convenient because when you saw a shooter, you knew you saw a shooter. Yeah. It wasn't like yeah. you had some hundred and fifteen inch, hundred and twenty inch deer flirting with you. That you're like, man, yeah. I could grow some inches on that that might not be there. Yeah. yeah. It, but, you know, like, you know, when I, I had a, I had <laughs> plenty of time to talk to the owner and stuff, and he's roughly my age. And, uh, you know, it was, he's just like, can you picture what this lease is going to be like in two years? I, I can't disagree. I mean, at the, mm-hmm. so we hunted for two and a half days. We hunted for 29 hours on Saturday, Sunday, and till nine. Let's just call it ten o'clock on Monday. We saw twenty three. We saw twenty three bucks. Now there were some repeat small ones in there, but twenty three buck mm-hmm. sightings, and probably in the thirties on the doe. Again, mm-hmm. repeat repeat does. Those are these are just sightings. That's pretty dang good. I mean, if you're seeing a, a ratio of one and a half does per buck, yeah, that's what it's supposed to be. That's probably more what nature's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Now the the funny thing is is at our little meeting that we had on Friday with all the hunters, the owners like listen. If you can put a second round into the deer, do it. Just we don't want these deer going on other properties. We if you can keep shooting, keep shooting. Now I could have kept shooting, but it would have just been me pulling the trigger because I didn't have shots. Mm-hmm. So. A couple hours after after uh, we had our little run in, maybe around three thirty, we're sitting there, and it might have been you know several hundred yards away, but it sounded really close. We heard another guy on the lease. It went boom, boom, boom. <laughs> he just fired three off as fast uh-huh. as he could, and we're just like, "Yeah, that's a dead deer right there," and it, it sounded like Pennsylvania <laughs> for a second. And it was, yeah. it was that big heavy eight point. He, he got it. So that yeah, was yeah. nice to see that, you know, come off the, come off that lease that we were on. But I mean, it was, it was a great time. I mean, it, I mean, it's a heck of a season. I mean, it, it's so far for me. I mean, it's obviously not done yet. I still have a couple doe tags and I'm going to play around in rifle season, just mm-hmm. going out to see what I can see. And, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to piggyback all these stories. Have me forget some of the details until, uh, you know, until we get done with rifle because we do have our annual doe hunt coming up. We have our annual doe hunt, and Vance and I will have buck stories. Hopefully, of some type. Vance, what do you think of that buck I sent you? It's a very nice deer. Yes, it was so close. Yet, I think it was bigger than your first one down there. Absolutely. 100%. I bet you that buck was in the 60s. Cool. So, we had an encounter. I guess you got to take that away from it. And I'm working on her. It sounds like I might get her to go back down next year. I got to see. But 
it was it was a blast. I had a fun fun time. Hopefully next time I won't have like eight days notice to try to get everything filtered through. And uh you know, we can have a little more time than two and a half days to hunt. But oh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this because we talked about that weather moving in. Mm-hmm. For the first, up until la, this, when I went down to Kentucky in September, I had never really had any sort of issues driving through the city of Columbus. Now it's just a nightmare every time I go through it. And on the Jeez. way on the way back, we started to get that weather that was that was rolling in, bringing all that snow. I have never seen this, and it and it. I'm coming from a different climate than, than middle Ohio, but it was starting to rain. I left Southern Kentucky. It was 63 degrees. By the time I got North of Columbus, I'd say halfway between Columbus and Cleveland, it was like 28 degrees. And right around Columbus, it started to rain and it wasn't a hard rain. It was just a rain. We're on like the, like a three lane wide highway going along and what should be like, you know, 70 mile an hour driving. There were people in the middle lane, you know, the lane that's like for people that are going fast enough to pass the people on the right, but not the speed demons on the left mm-hmm. doing like 50, 55 with their four ways on completely plugging traffic up. They're just, their four ways are on driving in rain. And it was like 38, 40 degrees. I just, I was, it just kicked off this whole stem of just awful driving conditions from there on out. We got through that. We got almost to Cleveland and then the snow, it changed over to snow. And then we got to Cleveland. There's accumulation and there's people spinning out. And it it was just what should have been a eight, nine hour drive. It should have been an eight hour drive, but there was a time change in there. So it puts it to nine hours on my clock. It took us 11 hours to get home, and I was whooped. My eyes were burnt from watching them snowflakes flying up and into the headlights. And Oh, God, it was a nightmare. But Especially the first of the year. Yes. First snow of the year. Yes. But we're home. We're alive. We have a story to tell. I have trail camera photos to bring home. That's, that's all I – oh, we got this time. But it was great. Those are my stories. You guys got anything to add? Yeah. Yeah. We're ready to go for ready to go for uh PA box season. Which is in a couple weeks. Couple weeks. Couple weeks. It'll be fun. It'll be in two two and a half weeks. It'll be here. Yep. I would take a, I, I should get a crossbow, but I would be done so quick. I I don't want to do it. But it's there's I, I mean I, I, I I'm conflicted because I'm gonna tell you this like no <laughs> I, I I like shooting deers with 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 sharp sticks but yeah I I don't I like shooting but... <laughs> I, I I like I like thick lead bullets I mean I'm gonna say no that I'm tracking starting no, to like... go your way yeah. on this yeah <laughs> but because like when I was talking about my PA season. I had an encounter with a real uh, two encounters with really nice bucks, like next level bucks for Pennsylvania, but they both were out of range. And then I mm. came to this conclusion, and it, it's not a hard one to jump to. Uh, 
if I was allowed to use a rifle in October, I'd have oh. I'd have giant bucks every year. Yeah, yeah. But that's not the whole point of archery season. (laughs) But as soon as I grab my rifle going down to Kentucky, I'm just like, man, it'd be really hard to pick up the bow after grabbing this gun. It's there's, and it's, you know, it's just one of those things that when I hear a gun go off, I just automatically think that there's a deer down. Mm -hmm. And, and that's one of those, when I have that gun in my hand, I'm like, yeah, something can very, if you give me the opportunity, it's going to, it's going to be hurting, you know, mm. nonetheless. And I mean, but I agree with you. There's something when you hit them with that bullet, they tend not oh, to yeah. go so far. <laughs> they don't go, go very far. Yeah. And it's the same as fishing, mm-hmm. casting, trolling. I want those fish in the boat. And, uh, yeah, I can, we definitely do a lot more damage when we're trolling with six poles out. Yeah. I don't know. It's fun. Bring it's, them on board. Take yeah. a picture, put them back in. Yep. And I'm, I'm actually really glad I'm tagged out because this is some awful weather. I have some people out, you know, uh, by people, I have friends out that are hunting, you know, uh, out of dads and, you know, behind my house and stuff like that. And they're just like, Oh, it's, it's bitter. If there weren't for oh, those towers, very cool. Yeah. And it's going to be this way the rest of the week. So yeah, it was cold. It was cold enough here. I thought about that. Like if I was deer bow hunt, oh man, yesterday, yesterday evening, don't try to do a bow hunt here. Oh, it'd be... It's like eight, 18 degrees. Well, I couldn't even see my shed. I, I wouldn't even be able to see a deer. Well, if I could have saw a deer, it would have been in range. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Cause you couldn't see that. Far. It was a whiteout. <laughs> yeah. So good stuff. So I'm going to end this deal. one here. Big thanks to uh, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, Fatty Z Muskie Products, St. Croix Rods, Ranger Boats, Vicks Marine Sports Center, Muskies Inc., and Muskie Max Plus. Uh, With all that, uh, everyone, uh, stay warm and good luck fishing or hunting.